welcome to today's episode of the Obsessively Outspoken Podcast. Today I have a wonderful guest, Miss Trisha Rutledge, aka Miss LOL. Trish, hey. great to have you. Hey, how you doing? It's good to uh to be here. It's been so long and it's just good to see your face. I know. Same here, same here. So uh before we get started, tell me a joke. Oh. No, 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 no. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> do, do you get that a lot? Like when you show up to an event or a social gathering or like your friend's house or your family barbecue, do they, do they expect you to be funny right away? Yes, that I get that. And then, you know, after they find out I'm a comedian, the first thing they ask me, are you funny? I'm like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> you gonna ask me that question? I mean, that's to me, that's just a rhetorical question. Right. You know, like like a comedian gonna say, "No, I'm not funny. I just figure I'll just get up there and try." <laughs> Come on. I'm sure there are some times when you want to go to a family gathering and you just want to relax. Like you don't really want to put on a show, mm -hmm. but you feel like you have to perform everywhere you go. Is that correct? Well, you know, they expect me to be the life of the party. So right. if I'm not the life of the party, if I'm not, you know the person making everybody laugh, then there's something wrong. You know, what's wrong? You're not yourself today. I'm like, I'm human. I can just be normal. I don't I don't want to be on stage at all times. But most of the time I am because me being a comedian is just my personality, you know? So. And you don't mind because as a comedian, you bring people joy, right? Mm -hmm. When you make them laugh. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's part of the job. Yeah. That's, that's part of it. And I mean, I love it. I love it, you know? Good, good. So uh, social media, I noticed that you've been pretty heavy on social media recently. Uh, what prompted you to, to have more of a, a presence now than before? Well, uh, COVID-19, because I ain't been at work, you right. know? So I've been in the house and ain't got nothing to do. It's like, well, okay, we need to get on this video. So, you know, uh, and, and I had been meaning to start getting because social media is what it is now you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. social media is where mostly everything is happening people are getting discovered and everything so um you know i i had more time on my hands and so you know i'm like well you know you got to make the best out of this and so you know i've been doing it and i've um joined a lot of more apps and been doing a lot of more things trying some different things and and they love it they love it. You know, I have people asking me to, you know, make a video about this or make a video about that and do this. And so it's, it's been fun. Now, before I forget, what are your social media links so people can follow you? Uh, um, you can follow me on Facebook at Trisha Relich, um, and that's T-R-E-S-H-A. And then um, I also have Miss my Miss LOL page on Facebook. That's ms.lol. And then on Instagram, I'm Comedian Trisha. Uh, then on Twitter, um, Miss LOL423. And then on TikTok, um, Miss LOL. Okay. And there are some YouTube videos as well, correct? Yes, YouTube. You can look me up as Trisha Relich on YouTube. I forgot about them. Got to remember all these things. I guess I got to remember them like I remember all my children. <laughs> got to put one with each child, and that's how I remember it. <laughs> 
<laughs> so how how have it how has it been? Has it been challenging? I know social media is not for everyone. Uh, how's it been working out for you? Do you feel like you're making some waves, or is it still a challenge? Well, yeah, my um, I've, I've gotten a, a bunch of new uh, followers since I've been doing this. Uh, TikTok is a really good uh, outlet for up and coming new people. Um, it, it's really good. It has a lot of uh, you know, people and a lot of people you know following, and you know, I get to socialize with a lot of them. So a lot of them from TikTok. They saw my videos and they they've subscribed to my YouTube. They sub uh following me on Instagram, following me on my you know, they just went and followed me everywhere, you know, and then they send my stuff to other people. And so I've been getting inboxes from people that I don't know. Somebody in Florida inboxed me. They were like, You're trending in Florida. You're hilarious. I'm like, thank you. And then I got a message yesterday from somebody in Philly, and they was like, Your video just keeps coming across my line. You're hilarious. And then Somebody sent me some videos and he was talking about the favorite poet. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been working out. It's been working out. And I've really enjoyed it. Good, so. good. I'm glad to hear it. How did you come up with the name Miss LOL? I mean, obviously, it's, you know, doesn't really need any explanation. But how did it come about? You know, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. Um, when I started doing comedy back in 2001, you know, like I said, that was the first time I ever got on stage. And um, after that, you know, people were like, well, we want you to do a show here. What's your stage name? And I was like, I don't have a stage name. So I was trying to come up with one. And I was going to do Miss LOL back then, but I was, it was going to be, I was going to be called the Lady of Laughter back then. And that's what it was going to stand for. But then um, the person that I talked to, asked me, he was like, well, LOL is what a lot of people use. Don't use that. You know, you may try something else. So for a long time, I went as Queen Comedian. Um, now they know me as Baby Mama Queen Comedian, and there's an acronym for Baby Mama. So um, I, I, I did that, and so uh, for a long time. And so then um, I met my manager four years ago, and um, she was like, well, maybe we need to do a different stage name. And I was like, yeah. She's like, we need something catchy and flashy when we put it on, you know, on um on um you know flyers and stuff like that that'll ring a you know ring a bell and she said what about miss lol and i just died last i was like wow it came back so you know so i was like let's run it because that was my first thought when i first started doing it and i changed my mind and my thought listening to somebody else and then my met my manager and she's been a blessing to me so i was like bam she said this we're gonna run with miss lol and lol it doesn't stand for la uh, laugh out loud. For me, it stands for lover of life. Because I do believe if you love your life, you're going to laugh out loud anyway. So, Lover of life. I'm glad you said that. I did not yeah. know what it stood for. Yeah. Now, now take me back to 2001, that very first time you got on stage. Explain to me what that experience was like. You know, like, like I said, me being a comedian is just my personality. So the thing is, I was, you know, I've always, I got most wittiest in high school and I, I, I've always just liked to have fun and see people smile. You know, my childhood wasn't as much laughter. So, you know, um, after I came out and, and, and saw that I was a funny person, I can make people laugh. Laughter is contagious. So I just love to do it. 
And so, but I never thought of being a comedian, never in my life. I just like to make people laugh. So I was working in the corporate world and uh, this older lady, she looked, anytime I miss work, I come back the next day. She's like, you better not miss another day because it's not right without you here. And I don't, I ain't got nobody to make me laugh. And so she would, she would say, you need to be on the stage telling jokes, make some, I said, I ain't getting on no stage making nobody laugh. That ain't, I don't want to do that. So, you know, everybody kept, you know, speaking that into my ear, into my ear. So they had a competition here where you could uh, be in, uh, compete to open for Cedric to Entertainment. So, you know, one day I had a couple of friends over to my house and they were getting ready to leave. And so I said, yeah, I know I'm going to open for Cedric to Entertainment. He was coming um, within a week, but the deadline to enter was the next day. And they was like, you need to. And I was like, hey, if you want to see, I'm going I'm to open. And I, I had called, entered, nothing. So when they left, something in me just said, call and enter the competition. And I did. And then the next day, they called me and told me that I had won to open for Cedric. So I opened for him November 2001, and I've been telling jokes ever since. Wow. Now, when did you know... What was that moment like when you said, I want to do this? Was it that time or did you know that you wanted to be a comedian before you got on stage? Or you didn't mm -hmm. know until you until you actually did it and you were like, wow, I can, I like this. You know, at that moment, I really didn't think of it being a career. You know, I thought of it as, you know, I can just make people laugh. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't think of it. You know, at that time, I, I, I was going to do jokes in different places, and I wasn't even getting paid for it. I was just doing it, you know, just because I could. Right. And so then once, you know, um, people started asking, how much do you charge? So I was like, hmm, they think I'm that funny that they need to pay me to tell them to make them laugh? And, you know, I was a single parent of five boys. So I'm like, okay, this can buy some tennis shoes. Or, you know, this can put a little more food in the refrigerator. You know, this is gas for the car. So I'm like, you know, okay, well, I, I maybe can do this. And so once I kept doing it and, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I really, to be honest, I really didn't feel like this is something that I was going to continue to do until I got there and you were my teacher. And you were so, you were so, when you came to see me, you spoke life into what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? You told me that you, I, I can remember when I came back to, to, to your class and you told me that was your office. You told me that looks like where you supposed to be. And so it started sinking in even more then. And I was like, wow. And I will always tell people that you came and supported me and you told me that. And so, you know, after a while, it, it just got to the point to where I was like, yeah, this is something I'm going to pursue. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to keep pursuing it because, you know, how can you go wrong by being able to cheer somebody up? You know what I'm saying? Right. To have that talent, to have a gift to make somebody else's day. You know what I'm saying? So that that's just awesome. You're going to make me tear up. 
I remember, <laughs> I remember that. And I remember you and so many other students I would highlight in the newsletter because I mm -hmm. felt like a lot of you had so much talent outside of what you were going to school for. And mm -hmm. I had pleasure in, in highlighting that in the, in the student newsletter. And I do remember coming out to see you and you were mm -hmm. funny. And I remember you were picking on people and I was just like, I hope you <laughs> pick on me. <laughs> but I was so happy to come out and see you in your element. And I just remember just being a proud teacher and friend and, and mentor and saying, wow, look at her. And that was what, maybe what, 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, and it, that, that was just, you don't know how much you inspired me by doing it. And I get, you know, you inspired a lot of people at that school, a lot, you know, that's why you were everyone's favorite teacher. Because you you found a way to reach us in, in your own way. You know, I remember when you were teaching us anatomy and you would get ready to go on and you'll see question marks on our face and you'll be like, wait, wait, wait. I, I can tell that y'all don't understand. And so you will break it down to us so we can get it. And then we'll be like, oh. And I tell everybody that. I say he will break it down to where you thought you saw it right in front of you. And that's how I learned. You yeah. know what I'm saying, and 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 I just I, I just it, it, there's no way I could I could have gotten through that class, um, without you teaching it the way you did, and and I appreciated that, um, because my second anatomy teacher it didn't work out like that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> did you at least pass, Trish? Yeah, with a D for dumb, because that's how I felt when I left out of that dumb. Still didn't know nothing. Well, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad for the opportunity for our path to cross at that time. Yes. It was a lot of good times back then. It was. Now, you talked about a single parent. How difficult has this journey been, not just being a single parent, but a female, a black female? How, how tough is that road from 2001 to now? I can remember, you know, to get out there, to get my name out there, you know, I had to go. You know, because I I haven't always been a clean comedian. You know, I was a comedian. Um, you know, I told jokes everywhere. And I still tell them everywhere now, but I still, I, I bring mine clean. You know, I'm a clean. Um, but, you know, I was telling jokes back then in the clubs and stuff. And sometimes when you have shows like that, those are late nights. You know, and sometimes when you have to do it, it's on week, it's on school nights. You know what I'm saying? But the event is so, uh, so much exposure that you need that you say, okay, if you're serious about doing this, you have to find a way. So I remember I had friends that I would have to, it's hard to find somebody who's going to keep five cheering. <laughs> you five, know? Five boys at that. Yes, five boys, you know. So I would have to prepare them. Um, for school tomorrow, get everything together, basically take them over to their house in their night clothes. Because when I come back late, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's still time for them to go to sleep. So it got to the point to where it was kind of flaky because I'm like, okay, I'm interrupting my children's, uh, you know, schedule trying to do, you know, what I need. So I would have to be like, okay, if it's at night, late, I can't do it. So I had to not take some gigs you know what I'm saying? Uh, and wait till the weekends before I can do it because weekdays will just stop. But then some days, the weekdays is the only days, you know, they're they're having open mics and, you know, they're they're having um, 
you know, shows where, where you can go and get exposure. So it was it was kind of difficult and hard. And then, you know, if certain people couldn't watch me, you had to pay somebody. So sometimes, you know, I had to earn, you know, uh, work my way up to getting paid what I get paid now to do comedy. So back then I was making nickels and change. So, you know, I, I, I had to pay the babysitter. So I'll go do a show. By the time I get home to pay the babysitter, I paid them <laughs> everything I made. You right. know what I'm saying? So it, it, I had to pick and choose what was worth doing. And, you know, but, you know, I, I then, you know, I switched and started doing clean comedy. And therefore, I could take my kids with me, you know. Yeah. And, and, and instead of paying the babysitter, me and the kids can go to McDonald's when we leave there, you know. Okay. So it, it, it's been a journey, but, you know, I made it through. And, and uh, those kids have been my material. My material, you know, I I had to had to use them for a lot a lot of material, and and they have helped pay the bills just by being themselves. <laughs> so I'm a product of a single parent home, and my heart always goes out to single mothers because I don't know how you all do it. Like you were in yeah. school, you were getting your 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 comedian career off. You have five boys at home. Like, how are you juggling multiple things at the same time? And it seems like with ease, like mothers, single mothers have a way of not missing a beat. I just, I don't get it. It's like you all are superheroes. And that's how I know, you know, when when I, I met you, I said, oh, she's going to go far for sure. Because it's not like she's choosing her kids, I mean, her career over her kids. She's really trying to make this thing work for her kids and still, you know, get in school and, and have a head on her shoulder and still be ambitious to go after her dreams. And there was just something about that. I said, wow, I don't know how she does it. And I appreciate that. I, I really do. Like I said, sometimes, you know, single parents go unnoticed. You know, people really don't, they don't, they don't realize what we have to go through, you know what I'm saying, to take care of our kids and maintain, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. We do what we're supposed to do. You know, keep a roof, keep food. I mean, I mean everything. Just keep sanity, you know. So, um, I think comedy um, has been therapy for me, you know, during those times, you know, um, because it was a release for me, you know what I'm saying? Laughter heals the soul. So, you know, anything that I was having troubles with or you know, any problems that I was facing, you know, dealing with, you know, with, with my kids and me being a single parent, you know, I could go on stage, make jokes about it, you know what I'm saying, and release laughter. But then when it was over and I got off stage, I would help people walk up to me and say, thank you, because I'm going through the same thing. You know, I haven't laughed in a long time. I've been so depressed because I was going through what you just talked about, you know. So that right there, is 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 healing and 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 you know it's a boost to make you keep going all in itself you know how much did you have to switch up in your routine when you went from r-rated to clean were you like cursing and telling sexual jokes and yes oh, really yes <laughs> I I, every other word was a cuss word i had so many sex jokes baby that's, I mean, you know, because that's what people love. They love, that's what they love to hear. They will, they will, I mean, 
that's I mean they loved it. And you know, right now to this day, I get people who've been knowing me since I started my journey, and they'll say, "You you funny now, you funny." And they'd be like, but I really want to hear you do a dirt show. I really want to do, you know, and, you know, that to me, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, you want me to, I, I, I just don't understand why you would rather hear that over clean comedy when you get the same result. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I remember I've been the only clean person on a docket and everybody else were dirty comedians. And I'm the one that got the standing ovation. You know, and people will walk up to me. They will say, thank you for showing people that you don't have to do all of that to make people laugh, you know, and I had to grow from it. You know, I had to grow, you know, I, I you know, because I, I really got convicted by it. You know what I'm saying? Because I was going to church every Sunday and then I would Saturday night. I'll be out cussing, turn these, telling these dirty jokes and filthy, nasty stuff. Then I get to church. And somebody at the show be sitting right next to me. I be like, oh, my God. <laughs> they be like, it's all right. It's all right. You did the good. You I was like, okay. And what really got me is one time I did a show and my children's principal was there. So I went, took them to school. <laughs> I took them to school and the principal walked up to me. I used to tell his joke about me not having to have a man. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that I had to buy batteries and I used to say, you know, like this. And so he walks up to me and he buzzes in my ear and I'm like, what is wrong with him? And so he buzzed. And I was like, oh. and then I said, oh. oh, I said, were you there? He's like, oh, where he's like, come and let me talk to you. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, that's the sad. He was like, no, you were funny. You were good. Don't worry about it. You know, we're adults. I was like, okay. You know, so that kind of, you know, it's, it's just a lot of little things that happen that said, you know what? I'd rather just do clean company. Okay. And now that I'm a, a grandmother, I have a four-year-old grandbaby. I don't want my grandbaby being able to pull up YouTube and hear his mama talk about sex and cussing. Congratulations <laughs> on, your, on your grandchild. Yes. <laughs> So getting a standing ovation sounds like a really great experience. Can you give me a worse experience that you had as a comedian, if if there's any? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we all have those times. I remember um, when I first started out, um, um, radio host down here in Chattanooga, they was bringing Key Sweat here. This and. Um, so he was like, we're going to put you on stage in front of Keith Sweat, you know, let you open up for him until about five minutes worth of jokes. I was like, okay, okay. And it was like 5,000 people down there on the river. You know, this they used to call it the, the river roast. So I was like, okay. So we got down there. When I got down there, he said, okay, I just want to let you know, this has been a hard crowd. This has been a hard crowd. They've been booing people off stage. You know, even one of the hosts that worked that he – he, him, and he has a band, and they were trying to play. They booed them off stage, and they know them. So I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'm not scared. I can do this. Let's let's go. Let's go. I got up there on that stage. Keith Sweat was late getting there. Okay, so the crowd was already riled up. So they made them ten times worse than what he said they already were. Because by this time they had been drinking. 
right. their feet is they see her because they've been standing there tired, they're restless, they're ready to go, they'll pay their money to see the headline, and he not there. So I go out there, I tell one joke, and you hear somebody say, Get your fat off the stage. Ooh. And I was like, so I'm trying to go in and keep trying to tell my joke. So they start throwing paper at me, empty beer cans. And they was like, get off the stage. Get off the stage. And I'm still trying to tell my joke. So they were like, we want kids. We. So one of the hosts just came out there and took the mic from me and went on. I was like, well, okay, bye. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Yep, so. Yep, yeah, yeah, it, 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 I've been through a couple of bad times. So now, did that experience strengthen you? I know you said that person talked about your weight. Did that help strengthen you and make you feel more comfortable, um, or did it break you for a minute there and you had to kind of rebuild yourself up? How did that? How did you take it? Um, when you that- know what, it didn't bother me at all because I'm the type of person. I mean. I knew what I had to give, but if you don't want to listen, then that's on you, you know? So, you know, I mean, it's okay, you know, because I mean, I, it, it was just an experience, you know, I, I got on stage, you know, they might know me as the comedian. They got booed off at that point, but I was still given the opportunity to, so to me, that means something within itself. Right. Even if I, got booed or, or, you know, or, or whatever off the stage, the people who gave the program thought enough of me to let me go on and do that. So to me, that meant something to me, you know, despite it didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think being a comedian is one of the hardest jobs to do because you have to make everyone laugh all at the same time. And everyone's, brand of comedy is different and you have Mm -hmm. to kind of like stand up there and if you know the audience starts throwing tomatoes and booing you you got to like withstand that and still like get through it you know turn the booze into claps applauses that's difficult yeah it is you know I, I, i i it to me i always tell people if you're doing comedy for money, you're doing it for the wrong thing. You have to have a passion to tell jokes and, and be in front of people. And you have to be able to take criticism because, you know, it, 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 a lot of people say, well, I'm funny. I always want to be a comedian, blah, blah, this, blah. It's okay. You Everybody has some funny in them. Anybody can tell somebody something to make them laugh or smile. But it's a whole nother level when you got to get up on stage in front of three, four hundred sets of eyes looking at you, and you got people who are visually criticizing you while you're doing your job. You know what I'm saying? You're just up there getting crazy. You, it's some people that sit in in the audience and they, they will not crack a smile. They frown at you the entire time you're up there like you just getting on my nerves. And you be want to ask those people, why did you come? Why are you here? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, if, if you just have to have a passion to do to, to do it. How has the climate changed from the time you first started to now? Has the comedy world gotten worse or better? I know it's gotten better, I guess, with social media because you could put yourself on. 
But in terms of just the business, the nitty gritty, the behind the scenes type of stuff, is it better or is it the same or is it worse? I think I have a difference of opinion on that because social media has made it better, but social media has taken away from the real grinders, if you know what I mean. Like with me, um, I've always done original comedy. I've always done my own stuff, my own comedy, you know, and, and everything. Now social media, you know, those people, they pick up ideas off of what they see on social media. And um, they don't work as hard. Because now, to me, sometimes, well, most of the times, you're not judged by your talent. You're judged by your numbers. So if you can put people in seats, if you got numbers where people are following you, um, even if you're not that funny, but people will pay to come see you, that's who's getting higher. That's who's getting, you know, a lot of shows, the social media uh, sensations. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, that's what's happening. And it takes away from people like me who's been in it almost 20 years who actually work hard and do original comedy. And, um, you know, I've been in the game a long time, but just because I don't have as many followers as some social media who who did one thing and they went viral, you know what I'm saying? They will pick them over me, whether I'm funnier than them or not. Hmm. Do you ever feel the pressure to kind of overstep the boundaries just to get some likes or is that pressure there or do you know how to withstand the pressure of just doing anything for likes? Because that's the downside, you're right, of social media. People are just doing anything. Mm -hmm. People are, are saying anything. People are doing anything all in the name of likes, comments, and, and, mm -hmm. and retweets. And I think there should be a line. And it should also be something that, you know, called social media etiquette. There sh it should be something. We should take responsibility of what we say and what mm -hmm. we do there and know that people are watching. Kids are watching. Yeah. So the danger is people just want to be known. And there's a price mm -hmm. for that. We don't care. Do you, ever, do you ever feel that type of pressure to do something that you normally won't do? No, no. Because the fact of the matter is, I'm, every day we grow older. So I, I, I don't even want to see myself at 70, 80 years old doing something stupid to get likes, you know, or doing something crazy. And that's not my, it's all about your character. And it's all about your integrity. And like I said, it's all about your passion. If you're doing it uh, for likes, then you're going to do anything. It, it doesn't matter to you because you're doing it for just for somebody to like you. Well, I like me, so so I don't have to wear, I don't have to do anything for likes because I already like me, you know. Right. And um, I do it because for the passion of of making people laugh and cheering people up, and you know. And I I also try to send a message in my company. You know, to 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 people to lighten their brighten their day and show them that you know, look. Sometimes you know, life can get hard, but you you can make it. You know, so um, I, I, that's what I do mines for. You know, my comedy has never been for fame, fortune, or lights. 
I've, I've always done my comedy to inspire and encourage because I'm sure um, there's a young female out there who had a bunch of kids at a young age, just like I did. Um, and somebody told them, well, you will never be able to do this. So you can't make it here. You can't do that or whatever. And that's a lie. You can do whatever you want to do. You can go places. You know, All you have to do is set your mind, your heart on where you want to go and what you want to do. And it can be done. You know, we all make mistakes. You know, it's, what, it's, it's learning from those mistakes. Bouncing back and moving forward um, is, is what you have to learn from it. If you had one opportunity to work with three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Bernie Mac, because I just thought he was just absolutely hilarious. I, I love Bernie Mac. Um, Tyler Perry. I love his stories. I love where he came from and he didn't let the world defeat him uh, in hard times. Um, and let's see. I loved acting as well. You know, I do come and I love acting. I would love to meet Denzel Washington and work with him. And, and why, why Denzel? Because he is, to me, he's just a, uh, he's a absolutely tremendous, talented actor. I, I just love him. And he is a, he's, he's a humble man, very humble, you know, um, I've heard of one time that he was doing a film with some young people and he heard they weren't being compensated. So he took a paid cut so those kids could be paid, you know. And then he has so much knowledge. You know, he's a very, he's a man of wisdom. And I would just like to meet him and work with him one day. You know, he was here in uh, Pittsburgh over the sum over uh, last summer. Mm -hmm. And I was an extra in a movie that he was producing and it was an overnight shoot. And he came two o'clock in the morning and showed up on the set. And wow. I thought to myself, how much do you want this film to really get off the ground and do well? If you're going to come to Pittsburgh at two in the morning and sit mm -hmm. on the set. And so, yeah, Denzel, for me, will always be here. Yes. Yes. Like, no disrespect to anyone else, but Denzel has been doing this for too long and he's mm -hmm. meant too much to not give him his props. Yes. So so then so Denzel, uh Tyler Perry and Bernie Mac. Mm -hmm. Come on, Trish. No females in there. You gotta get a female, at least one. Uh for as you mean Comedy or anything? Anything. This, you, you have um, the opportunity to work with and you will really enjoy working with them. I would say Tamala Mann. Tamala Mann. Help me. Who is she? She's a gospel single. Okay. She she was in Tyler Perry plays as well. Got you. I probably know her by face then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's your ritual before you get up on stage? I mean, I know you're a Christian, so I'm sure you pray or say a few words. Any yeah. other rituals you have when you, right before you're about to hit the stage? Um, most of the time, I like to be in the room where people are. Okay. And I just like to, you know, especially 
And family reunions is real good for me to be in the room because I like to look at people, you know, watch what they do. And sometimes I add them to the show. Um, and, you know, I just like to, uh, like I said, I do pray. And I, I always think about the moment when I first went on stage uh, with Cedric Entertainer. And as I was coming off the stage, Cedric came up and he was, um, he stopped from getting dressed. And he came up and he was, you know, on the behind the curtain when I got back there. And he was like, I usually don't do this. You know, people don't stop me from getting dressed. He said, but I heard all this laughter up here. And I had to come up here and see who was making these people laugh like this, like that. And he said, I didn't get to hear all over. He said, but whatever you did, you did a good job. And then he told me, he said, keep doing your thing. And so I think about that in my head. You know, before I go, I just, you know, tell myself, like, just keep doing your thing, you know. And so that's 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 what I do. I say my prayer. I think about his encouragement and I I go do what I do. I'm glad you had a good experience with Cedric because, you know, mm -hmm. you meet these people in real life and they're kind of disappointing. You know, yeah, kind of I, I, I went through I've been through that too. <laughs> somebody who I wanted to meet for a very long time and I finally got to host a show and he was the headliner and he was just not the person I thought he was. Yeah. And it, it kind of brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. So where do you see yourself in, in five, 10 years, whether personally, both personally and professionally, where do you see yourself? Uh, personally, I want to be married and away from all of these children, just mm -hmm. away. I don't even know if I want to let them know where I live. I don't want to give them my address. <laughs> Nothing. I'm, you know, they looking for me. I'm just telling them, check my Facebook. Just check my social media if you want to know if your mama all right. Just get away from them. Uh, and I want, I, I, I want to, uh, I'm writing my books. Um, I, I got three books that I want to have completed. Um, I already have the titles and everything. It's just putting it on paper. Putting yeah. it on paper is my problem right now but i I'm, I'm working on that and i also would like to uh write a stage play um and then um i'm working on going back and doing some more extras and stuff and i would like to be in a sitcom mm -hmm. i would like to be in a sitcom do you have any idea of what that sitcom would look like or you just want to act. You haven't really thought about the plot or the writing behind it or the, the premise. You know, I told myself that I, if I really wanted to, if I ever get the opportunity, I could sit down with a producer or writer and I can give them my life story. My life story is a sitcom. It's my so, life story. So, I have so, a single parent of five boys, including two sets of twins. Right. And, and and I have a mother who had three sets of twins. My niece got three sets of twins and her sister has a set of twins. My life is a sitcom. Yeah. You know, and a person that's been through, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse. I mean, all of these things and I'm still able to make people laugh. I still got my faith. I never lost my hope. You know, my life is a sitcom. Right. Right. So. Now, back to social media, uh, you talked about wanting to get married. Are you on any of the uh, social 
dating sites like Tinder or Bumble or Yes, I am. And you know that, <laughs> that's comedy within itself. Do you hear me? I hear you. That 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 that's where I always get the question. Well, first of all, when they see my page and they see me, uh, you know, I have pictures of maybe where I'm at the microphone with so they was like, Well, where do you sing at? And I'm like, Why do you think I sing? Everybody think I all fat people cannot sing. That's that's one of the things that they always think. Just because you're a big person that you're supposed to sing a song. I'm like, no, nah, I can't sing. I can catch a tune, but I can't hold on to it. <laughs> so I'm not singing. And so when I tell them I'm a comedian, then that's when I get the stupid question. Uh, why are you funny? Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I've talked to a lot of people that, you know, then they ask me what I'm looking for. Then I'll say, if, if, if they just, somebody I think I know I'm not going to talk to, I'll just say I'm networking. I'm just out here networking. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I wish you best of luck. I, I've been on those social dating sites and, whoa, I yeah. have stories for days. I'm sure you have stories as yeah. well. So. I think it's worse for men than it is women. You think so? Yes, because those women are so freely to give it up for ten and twenty dollars. They want to send me cash at me some money and do say asking for stuff. It's just it's crazy. You know, I've heard stories from people and I'm like, I, I don't understand. You know, it's getting to the point to where it seems like it's uh escort line. That's what it seems like, you know. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So a lot of them I've deleted, you know, I, I, I stay on about two of them, you know. I like the fact that you can meet people all over the world, you know, if I, you can get a good conversation out of somebody and they can tell me about where they stay. And sometimes I can get gigs. I've gotten gigs and connections, you know. You know, people be like, well, do you, well, where you do, you know, comedy at? And I tell them, they were like, oh, well, our church is looking for a comedian, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, let me give my manager number. You know, so, you know, so I just stay on for that sometimes. And I've met some nice people, but nothing serious. Okay, good, good. Tell me something about yourself that no one else knows. Oh, Lord. I don't know, because I'm so transparent. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, Are most comedians transparent because they put it all out there for the world? Yeah. You said your your life is a sitcom. Yeah. Okay. Most of the time. I guess I guess it's something a lot of people don't know. Only a lot of close friends of mine don't know. And I tell this when I do like conferences for women. But I also was uh I had three sets of twins, but one set was called back home. You know. Oh, so I lost the set. So yeah, I was supposed to have seven children, but God said, well, now you know what? We're going to take two back from her because she kind of on that line. She kind of crazy. So we're going we gonna to just leave up with five. We're going to take the one two back. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, I, I, oh, that's been, you know. So that's, that's, a, that's, that's something that a lot of people don't know about me. But, yeah, I was supposed to have three sets of twins. I don't know why. <laughs> 
I think I said that's why I'm trying to live right. I thank God I got my paperwork mixed up with somebody else. That's supposed to be Trisha with the high, not Trisha with the E that he right. gave all these children to. Right. So right. <laughs> now you have a lot of comedians like Chris Rock, Chris Rock, where to me, a lot of his stuff is political. You have other comedians where it's like a lot of social commentary. Do you see yourself doing like woman empowerment? Or if not in your routine, maybe like conferences or being invited to speak. Is that something that you do or will do in the in the future? Oh yeah, well I've I've done that. Uh, most I've I've done a lot of women conferences. Uh, okay. Mostly in the churches, but yeah, I've been I've been asked to speak at conferences, um, and most of mine is because uh, my, my company is mostly about survival, survival. And it's real life, you know. I, I may I don't I don't I don't talk a lot about politics and you know, I don't talk about, you know, most of my jokes are concerning raising children, you know, uh bills, life, you know, church, you know, because church is funny. Church yeah. oh Lord, church people, they yeah. are hilarious. You know, and just 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 life in general, because I like to tell those things because people can relate to you when you talk about things like that. It's so funny. I did a, I told a joke about uh, was telling jokes about growing up poor and the things that you know grandmama did to help to help us survive. And when I got on stage, the white guy walked up to me. He was like, um, "You know what?" I really like your comedy. It was hilarious, and I could relate to everything you said. You know, my grandma did the same thing, and he just was talking. And I was like, yeah, being broke is universal. It's not in one place. Being broke is all over the world, you know. So it was. It, it, so that's what I, I like to tell my company. I just like to talk about life and, and, and be real, and, you know, people can relate to you. I like that story because we don't talk about it enough, but comedy is a lot like sports. When you look out in the crowd, black, white, straight, mm-hmm. gay, mm-hmm. American, and everybody's laughing. And we're laughing to the point where we forget for a, a, a brief moment. Yes. Side social ills and what America is plagued by because we're just laughing and we're all together. And I think comedy is like sports in that sense where. Yes. Like yes, said, it is. Being poor is universal. It's not a, a black thing or a white thing. Everybody exactly. something. <laughs> yeah, we all done been there some kind of way, you know? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So any performances coming up? Anything that people in your area can look out for? Um, or anywhere um, else? Well, right now, I just did a... Um, what, did you, what you want to call it? A Zoom or podcast with okay. uh talent talent the comedian i don't know if you don't know who that is he's been in the game about 30 years he's deaf jam comic view all of that so that's out there but you have to purchase it it's just a dollar 99 then you own it so i did that me and two other comedians uh uh ralph harris who's been in the game a long time has a sitcom on tv um so I did that with them. So that's out there right now. Um, a lot of shows that I had lined up to do, they postponed or, you know, going to reschedule. So right now I don't have the list. It's about six or seven of them, you know, so I don't have. Um, I'm scheduled to be in Miami in August. I'm not sure if that one is still 
So we just waiting to see how things are going to work out. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just taking interviews on Zoom and doing comedy as it is. I, I did another interview uh, with the TAN, um, the African American Network. Okay. So that one's going to be out soon for your viewing pleasure. And so, yeah, I, I'm just doing whatever. When they call me, ask me to get, I just go get the little iPad, put it on this little tripod, and I said, okay, let's go. What we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. How did things turn out with the uh, 26th uh, music, what is it, the uh, 26th Annual Gospel Choice Music Awards? I know you wanted people to vote for you. How oh, that- yeah, yeah. So that one, um, that was scheduled to be in June. They postponed that one until August. So we're 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 scheduled to go there. Um, I know the public votes. I I I still was leading with over half of the votes, mm-hmm. and that and then after that it goes to the board, okay. and then you know um, pu- the public had to vote again, but you can only vote one time the second time. So you know now we just have to go to the show and get the results. So keep your fingers crossed. Pray for me. Whatever you do. Uh, How are you feeling you know, about it? You, you feel like you got a pretty good shot? Yeah, I always go in thinking I got a pretty good shot, you know. And I be prepared either way, you know. So, but yeah, I I, I think I do. I had more people, they voted for me. And, you know, I passed it on. And, you know, the, the people um, on the page seem to take to me. I got, you know, good response. So we just got to wait and see what happens. Okay. Now, some fun facts. Uh, What is your favorite color? Purple. What's your favorite food? Taco salad. (laughs) From anywhere in particular? At home, when I make it myself. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Favorite time time of the year? Summertime, so I can go to the beach. Okay. Uh, Do you have any pets? Uh, baby dad is I call them dogs. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, we have none. It's too many kids. We can't have no pets. We can't feed them. Okay. But if you were to get a pet, what would your pet be? Would it be a It'll dog? It would be a dog. A little bitty dog. Probably about this little. That's uh, It can't grow anymore. It just has to be very little. Okay. You have a fear of big dogs? I think that the little dog would be easier to take care of. Gotcha. And it won't eat as much as the big dog. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's my theory. <laughs> favorite vacation spot? Vacation spot? Mm-hmm. I love the beach. So anywhere there's a beach, I love it. But I will say last year I went to Pensacola by myself and I had, well, now Panama was, I'm Panama, the beach in Panama. I, I, that was that's my spot. Okay, uh, celebrity crush. Columbus Short, Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> now, what 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 happened to him? He kind of didn't he just like? I don't know. I I take care of him. He come over here. I I I do. He come over here. Okay. I don't know. I know he been. I saw him in a couple of. I watched a movie yesterday with him in it. So I, I really, I really don't know. But I just find movies with him in it, and I watch it. So now that's an interesting one because I thought you were going to go tall like Idris Elba, but you went Columbus short. Okay. 
No, it's just okay. I mean, he got right. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Columbus short. I, I just don't know why I think that he's nice. Okay. <laughs> got you. Got you. All right. That's one. Word you live by. Words to live by. Rejection is God's protection. A lot of people can't understand why uh, things don't go the way they thought it was. And, you know, they, they, they want this and they have. So, you know, they always say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So when in life, if you are rejected from anybody or anything, that's God's protection. Sometimes he does addition by subtraction. He have to subtract you or subtract them or subtract it so he can add what is needed in your life. Gotcha. Any last words or words of encouragement to up and coming comedians that you want to like give some advice to or just encourage? Um, I would say just uh, if, if you have a passion for what you do, don't ever give up. Don't ever stop dreaming. Don't ever stop uh, believing that you can. You know, um, always work hard. Always think about new, you know, because I hear you have to stay, stay, stay on it. Because if you don't use it, you'll lose it, you know. So just, just have a passion for what you do and be in it for the right reason. Um, and and I'm, I'm telling you, it'll, it'll, it'll work out for the good. Well, thank you so much, Trish, for doing this interview. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you. And I'm so glad that we had a third time to reconnect for an interview and do it this time yeah. with Zoom, because I think video makes much more of a difference than just audio. Yeah, so, it does. Thank you so much. I, I hope you and your family and everyone is doing well with this COVID-19 madness going on. I hope it's yeah. over soon. I know people are going back to work, but not everybody's back at work. Yeah, so, they, can, they can go on back to work. I told, I'm still on CDC restrictions, you know. <laughs> you know what CDC is. I can't do coughs, I can't do colds, I can't do children, and I can't, because I can't do corona. We ain't doing no court no here either, so I'm still on CDC restrictions, so they can go, but I'm, I'm going to sit right here. I get dressed up, look cute, go sit in the living room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, all the best. Much success. I'm, I'm, I'll I'm, be looking for you on social media. You know I follow you. Uh, yes, give you. Give you uh, links one more time. Um, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Trisha Rutledge. That's Trisha with the E, T-R-E-S-H-A. You can find me on Instagram. I mean, uh, yeah, Instagram is Comedian Trisha. I'm also on Facebook uh, as Miss LOL, MS LOL. I'm on uh, Twitter as Miss LOL423. And I'm on TikTok as Miss LOL. And YouTube as Trisha Relich. Gotcha. Yeah, all I need right. to write all that down. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fight. Right. I would thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Um, you you sent me um, some encouraging words when I gave you my news about next year. Right. You know, and I have it pinned in my phone 
and I go back and read it every now and then. Every time I get, you know, sometimes we dwindle away from where we're trying to go. And I go back and I read what you sent to me, and that's my encouragement. That's my encouragement. So I appreciate that. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad to help in any way. Be good. Keep up the good work. I love you. And, Thank you. I love you more. And talk to you again soon. All right. Thank All you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye.